welcome to episode five of the Chat with the Yes Men. This episode was recorded December 17th, 2023, remotely between our guest Curtis Latoon from Spandex Panda and Pink Weasel Coffee. This was recorded remotely from our homes and not in a studio with all of our expensive gear, so the quality may not be quite as good as usual, but I think you'll find it entertaining regardless. You can watch us on YouTube or listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Podbean. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Threads, as well as chatwiththeyesmen.com where you'll find all of these links. If you'd like to be one of our sponsors to help us continue beefing up our gear so that we can bring you the best looking and sounding podcasts possible, please let us know and we can add you to the growing list of sponsors. Now, let's get into this episode. Hello everyone and uh, welcome to episode 5 of Chat with Yes Men. Today we actually have a guest, Curtis Latoon, is joining us from Spandex Panda and, uh, oh my god, I'm sorry. Pink Weasel. Pink Weasel. <laughs> okay, <laughs> should we try that again? <laughs> Let's have Joe give the guy a coffee in the morning, Simon, he's just, he's one off right, right? now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, that's what that is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to the welcome to the podcast, Curtis. Uh, we're here to uh, really uh, the idea. I think uh, today is we're going to discuss uh, some of the topics we've had on previous episodes with you and how they possibly resonate. But not just that, but just get to know you as well. Uh, it'd be awesome. fantastic. Um, so I'd like to thank our sponsors, Tanakra. Uh, they've supplied a lot of our equipment. Uh, Tanakra is a Calgary headquartered uh, tech company specializing in custom software development. Uh, we also have Bellcat. Uh, Bellcat is a strategy-driven strategy marketing agency marrying traditional marketing channels with technology. Um, and for our next sponsors, we actually have, well, Curtis, too. <laughs> we, have, uh, we have Pink Weasel Coffee uh, and Spandex Panda. So thank you, Curtis. That's fantastic. And uh, yeah, uh, and Simon, uh, I'll let you carry Team on with the other. Obviously, Team of Solutions there. Yeah. Coming at the end, so we've had Pink Weasel, we have Spandex Panda, obviously, dressing us, dressing us today, um, and and then um, Team of Solutions, so helping clients and candidates across uh, North America reach their technical technical goals and initiatives throughout the year. Exactly, and usually Platform Calgary, but we're actually not recording in Platform today. We're we're doing this via Teams, but we'll be back Platform. Don't you worry. Um, awesome. I'd also like yes, to remind man. our listeners that they can uh, find us on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Podbean. And of course, you can find all this if you just go to chatwiththeesmen.com, uh, and you can also follow us on all the socials, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Threads. So, so yeah. Uh, Let's get That's into it. This. Do, I need to, do, I, do I need to introduce him now? I think like, this is. Yes. I'm so excited about this one. It's, just, it's crazy. So, <laughs> Fantastic. So, so, so we've got so we've got Curtis. So Curtis Latoon, and this is going to be an official one. So so excuse me while I look down at my um, my notes I've made. So Curtis, creator of Spandex Panda, Pink Weasel Coffee, styled for adventure with a taste of adventure. Um, learn from the past, designed for the future. Uh, personally, I've known Curtis for for a while. We've ridden bikes together. We've definitely drank coffee together. We've definitely drank other stuff together, um, and and we talk a lot. Um, he's the type of individual that turns up to my house and uh, and and he hasn't done this yet, but he's very welcome to. Can just walk straight in. Um, so he's uh, he's definitely seen as part of our uh, part of our family here in Calgary um always brings his brings a suitcase 
with some goodies involved, which obviously myself and my kids just flipping swamp onto this suitcase. Um, I think my final part of my introduction is the my favourite piece of of uh, when he visited us earlier this year was um, when I think it was just with the coffee was an idea or you're just moving into the coffee space. Um, and you found out that Joe was a barista like years and years ago. So Jen and I, so um, Curtis's partner and, uh, and myself kind of just sat back and watched the show whilst Curtis and Joe designed drinks and kind of <laughs> argued, <laughs> argued over the correct temperature of a beverage and all of this kind of stuff. It was just, it was entertainment. But anyway, fantastic. welcome to the, welcome to the podcast, Curtis. Welcome, Curtis. Really excited. So absolutely. All right. So Fantastic. yeah, I mean, I guess just to give um give an overview of what we want to what we want to chat about, um, which I think we did at the end of, of episode four was to have the guest on that w- so we can talk about and just you know in overview, um, because we want this to be about you as well, because we want to learn about your journey, um, and stuff and and things like that, but also kind of an overview of what the topics that we've talked about potentially how it's impacted you um hasn't impacted you got you thinking and all of that kind of stuff um but yeah it's it's the, the i think we've i think we've taken on some pretty heavy heavy topics um which makes those topics kind of hard by design to try and then make entertaining listening right so yeah, absolutely I, and i think the the fun thing with uh, the direction and the topics is that that's one thing to listen it's another thing to uh to i guess absorb and then how does it how does it relate to you? And it's the same as if you went to a, a motivational uh, event and you get all fired up, but if there's no practical application personally, how to take that that emotion and, and that excitement and direct it into something that's beneficial for you, then it's kind of almost wasted. Uh, and that's what's what's fun with um with podcasts is you listen to a topic and you're like and you start to think about it. And it'll almost be fun where is there a chat group or is there people that can kind of like you've opened a door and now let's get a conversation going on all these different directions and angles and experiences and um, expectations, I guess. Uh, so, you know, it, it, like even with, with the intro game, I, it always goes back to me, the whole idea of, you know, people are either, you can cover to either onions or books, um, but there's, there's multiple layers. And that's the, the fun of it is, you know, when people say don't judge a book by its cover, it's, it's interesting because um, what the, the saying should almost go more is, Maybe you should open the book, read more than just the cover, read more than just the first sentence, and get into chapter two, chapter three, chapter four. And that's where the fun kind of uh, it, it unwinds. Yep. That's a good point. That's a good actually, that's a good uh, that's a good point, actually, Jason. It's like get into the book first, read it first, rather than the that's, cover. That's right. Well, People are like onions, they have layers. Wasn't that from Shrek? Anyway. Yes, it was. <laughs> it's, it, it's Shrek. <laughs> I think I can remember the line. You're so wrapped up yeah. in layers, onion boy. You forgot yeah. to look at the real stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. and I can't remember who said it. I think it might be Donkey. But anyway, yeah, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> in a while. In a while. It's. But what? So, what did you think? What in terms? And again, I should. I should. I should mention actually. And I don't, Jace. I don't think I've shared this with you either. But Curtis, you're not new to the podcast world either, hey? Like you've you've done quite a few podcasts yourself. Well. Yeah, that's kind of the funny part. Before before podcasts were a thing, um, back when I lived in Calgary, actually, uh, we myself and um, 
a good friend at the time, uh, Andrew Albert, was uh, we had a little podcast going, and we were both worked in the uh, wine industry, and he was a sommelier, and uh, I was an aspiring one, and the whole world of entertainment and alcohol just goes hand in hand in the parties and the uh, the education and how to enjoy, and so we started one. The problem was we didn't really have there wasn't anything other than entertainment, and there was no product at the end. Uh, but we started something called Trending Sips. And what we did was every Wine Wednesday, we'd launch a little 30-minute thing. I, I, We both worked in the industry, so which meant we usually worked afternoons and evenings. So we always had the morning. And most of the time, I'd just go over to Andrew's house, and we'd have breakfast. And if there was a something that was open, some champagne, some bubbles, something from the night before, we'd have a mimosa, we'd have a coffee, we'd have whatever. And the goal was um, what we did was whatever was going on in the world, what do you drink? Is it gardening season? Is it um, the holiday season? Is there a sporting event? Is it the Olympics? Is it, it didn't matter. And the question was always, well, if you're at the event, is there a traditional drink? If you're at Oktoberfest, if you're at Carnival, if you're at the Stampede in Calgary, what are people drinking? What are they enjoying? What's the, what's the stories behind it all? And, um, and it was good fun. Um, you know, I got to play a little bit of, uh, we didn't have all the fancy tools and all, all the cool software stuff you guys have now. And, uh, but just the, the, the concept of it all was, was interesting at the time. And so to see that it's kind of pushed back into what it is now is it's, it's awesome. Yeah. How many, how awesome. many episodes Exciting. did you do? Uh, I'd have to look back. I think we, I used SoundCloud back in the day and there's probably about 50 or so episodes. Like there's over a year's worth of stuff. Fantastic. But it was just, it was a fun way to get together. We had a couple of people listen every once in a while and it was a, as much informative, like I guess the way that we should have done it was, approach our the liquor store we were at at the time and get them to pay for it and we could use it as promo to get people to come into the store and then host events uh, around you know sales or seasonality and and specials and all that stuff and that would you know in hindsight that'd be a, a direction but but yeah that was good fun <laughs> what did and what so what was what was life like for you then back in those in those days because that was because i know you've done <laughs> this is the, you've, done, the you've done a lot of stuff well you've lived a life and i know that that's what motivates you right you're, you're interested in creating adventures and living a life right so well you you uh i guess some people get a chance to learn it at some point in life uh and it's just a matter of how young or old you are when you learn it but uh there was a game we used to play when called the, when we were a kid called kick the can and uh you sometimes you only get one shot to kick the can and so if you use that as a a reference to, to life you, you know you get one shot to make it count and and you try to do as much as you can and pack in all the hours uh, you know fulfill your day as much as possible and get the most out of it because i've had a, a bit of fortunate to pour um, a lot of a lot of different great alcohols for very successful people around the world and uh sometimes you just sit back as the bartender and and you listen and there's a lot of there's a lot of knowledge over over a drink uh, especially when you're on the side pouring and um, there's a lot of wisdom and a lot of life experiences. And so if you can basically, again, harness that, those concepts and apply it to yourself where every day of your life, you get 24 hours, everybody gets 24 hours. The thing is you'll never get those same 24 hours twice. Yeah. So no yeah. matter what you do, no matter how you try to duplicate it, the whole groundhog's day thing, uh, you can try to make it better. But this situation that we have right now, the fact that it's never happened before also means it'll never happen again. Yeah. Living it, I get it. If you, no matter how you try to duplicate it, replicate it, what will have happened since the last time we do it 
will have changed the outcome of the next one. And that's fantastic. I mean, that goes into personal things uh, as well. Like live in the now. Don't don't live in the past. Don't live in the future. Live well, in the now. Right. And it's and it's funny because the 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 whole past part. Well, the past is the only reason why you are where you are. Hmm. If you think about it, whatever you've learned. Like I've always thought this was interesting. Where if the three of us sat in a room, what were what different paths? If you could look at kind of a a drone scape of how did you get here? How did you get here? How did these three people get in this one spot? And we're all sitting at the same table. Mm-hmm. And they're all completely different paths. But at some point, there was some commonality. And it's just, it's, I don't know, call it philosophical, call it, a, you know, a, of interest, call it, you know, when you travel around the world and you have time to sit on buses or ride bikes for hours up hills and try not think about the pain in your legs, there's a lot of <laughs> thinking of things that, uh, that go on sometimes. And it's stuff like that that you kind of like, hmm, like when you get to the top of a mountain, do you, do you take the time to just, breathe, soak it all in, even for five, 10 minutes. And I used to do that snowboarding all the time. You get to the top, you get to the summit, you get off the chair and just like, you know what, before we go and drop into the, whatever it is, the next rundown, just kind of look around and just like, yeah, this is pretty good right now. And that's it. And then go, but take, you got to take those split seconds, those little times. And that's the stuff that sticks out and that is memorable and that it actually enriches uh, whatever that experience was, whether, you know, it's a weekend in Camor or <clears throat> it's a, it's a concert, it's a backstage thing. It's whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, but it's an appreciation. And I don't think enough people take time to appreciate these days. Fair enough. We're living, we're living in a very fast moving. Well, we live in a fast moving world, don't we? Yeah. By design. Oh, I think, but well, we kind of fast moving world, but we forget to put pauses and periods in our life sentences right it's true it's like okay let's 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 put a let's put a pause in there so how did you get from so how did you get from that to then then because i know you've done a lot of stuff in the middle um i think if i'm remembering right there was the um, you've lived in some spent a lot of time in some pretty exotic places around the world um and part of that was education right that was did you have time in educate educating folks well, by education, I guess I, I it's been since I, uh, I guess out of high school. But the goal was, if you save your money, you can trade you can trade money for a lot of things in life. Uh, and eventually, when you talk to people that have a lot of money, all they want to trade it for is experiences rather than things. And so, and the other option that people eventually, when they have all this money and they've accrued all this wealth or whatever it is in life, then then they want to you know spend time in this part of a world or, or doing this activity or whatever it is. And so the goal from as far as back as I remember, you know, post university uh, would have been, how do you maximize that part of your life? The time where it's supposed to be the highlight. And so the goal was, and that's what hospitality, I got into the hospitality world over 20 years ago. Now I was in Edmonton, a little martini bar a long time ago. And that was coming after I went on a six month trip to, uh, it was, New Zealand, Australia, Thailand, Malaysia. Um, and I came back and started to realize that, all right, maybe I wasn't going to use my piece of paper that I paid a lot of money for and spent four years doing, but hospitality had this, uh, I guess, internal growth. It, it was international. It did, you could always continue to learn. There was always more professionals in different parts of the world that you could take nuggets from. And that's why, I've, you know, hot, whether it's hospitality, then it was more on the alcohol, the creation, the bartending side. Um, cycling was of the same thing. There was a little stint where I was playing in the surfboard world for a while, but, uh, it's these international, um, 
you know, you travel the world to, to understand it, to explore, to, to experience, to smell, to taste, to, to touch all these things, because otherwise, uh, you know, you can watch the videos all you want, but until you're actually there, until you have, you know, the, the coffee from Colombia in your cup and you're sitting there and the ambiance around you, the view, the people, the smells, the sights, that's what makes that cup of coffee, the cup of coffee or the, the gin and tonic or the red wine of Tuscany or the, you know, it doesn't matter. Or, you know, those sunset views in Bali um, or the top of, uh, you know, Mount Fuji in Japan it, or, you know, um, sitting at the little bay in, in South Africa um, in Cape Town. Like it doesn't matter. So, you know, walking across the top of Table Mountain. Um, there, that's what I've tried to trade life in for and do it sooner than later to experience more of it because it will never be the same again. Well, you know, Curtis, I'm jealous because it's I, I it's one of those things about getting older and 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 the uh, uh, the experience of life and realizing maybe regrets isn't correct, but things that you identify that man, I should have jumped on that opportunity. And one of them for me is is exactly that is the the hospitality industry. I love the idea of traveling, but when I was younger, I was thinking, well, how can I afford this? I need to like get myself established and build up money first. And then next thing you know, you're in your forties. <laughs> and you barely traveled and 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 my goodness my my avenue could have been the hospitality like one it's, if i could rewind time and get back to 20 years old i'd love to work on a ship i don't know uh travel the world that way just be even if i'm in the bloody laundry room of the ship just get out there and experience and and you know. i know guys that have done exactly that and see yeah. the, the next, so that's why it's fun right now where where i'm at in life is that there's people that are in their 20s trying to figure this out and I guess the, the biggest thing always becomes the, well, it's a why. You have to answer the why. Why do you want to do that? And is the why strong enough? And it doesn't matter. If you want to travel, that's one thing. If you want to become um, you know, a successful or uh, have a successful business, uh, that's another. If you want to become an athlete, you want to become an artist, uh, a gardener, it, the, the discipline is irrelevant. Um, but you have to, and again, this goes back to, listening to people that with life experience, but uh, a gentleman years ago told me, whatever gets you out of bed at 6 a.m. without question, there's no rolling over, there's no snooze button, what gets you excited enough, fired up enough to get out of bed and you're like, okay, yeah, this, I gotta go, I gotta do this. And mm -hmm. if you can figure out and practice, see, that's the thing, people don't practice dreaming enough. Um, we are talking about this yesterday with, with Jenny, but I was like, People need to practice dreaming and then going into that dream and trying to live it and realizing that, oh, well, what I thought, geez, maybe that's not exact. So either you pursue that and you get more, more insight, more experience, or you maybe go a different direction, but go sooner than later. The only regret really should ever be not trying. As long as yeah. you try, take an effort, take a direction, take a stance, uh, get your feet wet, so they say, um, then, then there is no regret. Then it's a learned experience. Fair enough. That is, uh, yeah, that's a good point. But I also think that I also think that uh, um, broader society has made dreaming a bad, uh, almost a bad thing, right? It's like, oh Absolutely. well, that that guy's that guy's just a dreamer because this is a saying that I've recently learned from from Jace, which I love. It's like, have you felt your feels? And when you just said that about the six o'clock in the morning, that's that's exactly what you're talking about. If you're if you're opening your eyes. And and feeling your feels and immediately are like energized by okay then I am I'm chasing that and people and it's okay for people to doubt you as long as you don't doubt yourself I think is what we're saying here 
because they've got to, at some point there has to be a reality that makes the, the you know the 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 dream palpable, I guess. But but you but you kind of it, it's you still got to you still got to go for it um, and and learn from the experience as you go, which a lot of folks I don't think there's enough of that in the world these days. Well, Croce, I think that, that exactly goes back to the whole the why though. If it, people haven't been taught, um, and that's where now these you know there are circles and there are uh, more groups and stuff now where figure out what it is that you like and traditional directions of you know go to post-secondary get a job get a house have a family there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you want <clears throat> but the fact that you don't you have to do that is also maybe not for everybody <clears throat> and so this is the whole do you spend enough time with yourself understanding who you are at this point because whoever you are now isn't who you were five years ago and probably not who you'll be in five years from now but for this you know, if I don't know uh, if you and this is what I think that has happened over the last three years a lot is that people have kind of got pushed to the point where like, geez, I, you know what? This is kind of the opportunity to I want to start. I want to be a carpenter. I've always like working with wood or I want to be a baker or I want to be a mechanic or I want to be a musician or like it doesn't matter. But the thing that's always funny is whatever it is that drives you, that, that gets you excited, fired up, you know, passionate about You'll spend hours researching and just being immersed in it and time stands still. It's funny enough, somebody in the world will pay you to do exactly that. And it doesn't matter what that thing is. Sometimes yeah. it's a little bit hard. Sometimes it's not as mainstream or as common. But somebody will pay you. People that love to garden, people that love to paint, people that love to, um, uh, you know, create. Uh, maybe it's a, I'm not going to say plumbing is maybe a dream for people, but if that's a, you know, there's a creative side to that, or that's just a means to an end to get to the next step. And that's the other thing. Sometimes it's just, you have to make a plan. Um, my dad, you always used to say, if you, uh, if you fail to plan, you should plan to fail. Yeah. So One of my bosses plan. used to say that all the time. The plan can change. That's okay. Yeah. But you have to start with a direction. And at least as long as you have a direction, you can zigzag a hundred times and you might've thought you were going here and you end up over there. That's okay. But if you just sat there, you're like, well, I don't know. I, maybe this sounds good. Like, you know, make go through your phone. Who are the last five people you talked to kind of thing? Uh, what, who, is, who you spend your time around five people in a week, the most popular five people, you become those five people is how that world goes. So of those five yes. people, who do you want to be more like, and what, or what parts of their life do you want to be more like? Is it athletic? Is it intellectual? Is it uh, you know, you want to work on your taste buds. Uh, you want to appreciate art. Is it you want to get a, you know, climb a mountain faster, I, whatever it is. I don't know, river rafting or something like it doesn't it doesn't matter what the thing is. Um, but you have to spend time and surround yourself with people of that same mentality. And that's what you're starting to see more of with. And that's what the good and the bad, I guess, of the of the Internet is that it allows what might have been outliers or, or little groups in little pockets to kind of come together and be like, oh, well, we're all into this. Let's meet here or let's meet there. Where in the past that wasn't really an option. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm just envisaging. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm envisaging like Jace, when you're saying that it's, it's like, it's Jace with, with, um, with fellow musicians, right? It's getting into, I'm sure it's getting into a room. It's getting into a sound booth and just, well, what are we playing? It's like, I don't know, just somebody lay down a chord, somebody lay a beat and let's see what comes out of it. Or the times when you and I have ridden, ridden bikes, which has not been enough, but it's kind of like, well, which direction are we going? And we'll go, well, we'll go, we'll go in 
we'll go in this direction and we'll figure it out as we go, right? Depending on, yeah. on yeah, whether we're in. Sooner. Okay, oh, we got to pass it first. Okay, you choose the route. Then. Yeah, okay, yeah, great. Exactly, right? And, and, it, and it's yeah. Kind of, the, the, the it's neat because it, it also triggered the idea with with guitar as well like the when you say the people you're surrounding yourself you become them uh just from the musician standpoint it's the same way when learning a guitar some people put too much effort on on trying to figure out how to be themselves or they're scared that they sound like somebody else instead just embrace the fact that you are the best you player there is yes. and my like for example my my guitar playing style is a weird bastardized mix of 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 Nuno Betancourt, Kirk Hammett and John Mayer, right? And it's but and none of them can play guitar as well as I play guitar in that style, right? So it's yep. identifying well, yeah, the people you surround yourself with, uh, it becomes you and and yes. that's yes. Well, and, and there and I think I I think there's certain points as well when you when you flip into leadership which is the identification of your style and what I'm thinking of there is is um is i watched a, a a clip of mark mark knopfler who again is i think you both know it's like i'm like it's like hello fantastic yeah. just anyways <laughs> so okay, he yeah. but he was he he was doing an acoustic version of i can't remember if it was either brother brothers in arms or or telegraph road and it didn't sound right to him so he kind of got he came away from the sound booth all kind of from the recording studio all frustrated went back sat down with his wife and, it, and they were like well it's like it just doesn't sound right and she said because he was trying to clean it up right and she said well did you do all of your did you do all of your jingly bits um which did, and, and, and straight away he's like that's what it was i didn't do the you know i didn't do the and all this kind of stuff and, and it, yeah he goes back it does all the stuff that he normally does which is just him playing with without sheet music or just putting a something in there that wasn't previously planned and then the, like that's when the magic comes back into the yeah. song right yeah you know you're now making me think uh, just a I, <laughs> I, uh, I i've been trying to record uh, a, a metallica song so i can make a video of it where i play all the instruments and put it online and the thing that's been holding me up is the solo and i think i'm on take 60 for the past year i have everything but the solo and 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 it's take 60 i'm like oh i'm 98 percent there but i'm mad that i don't have the two percent but you know what because i'm trying to sound exactly like kirk hammett and i'm not kirk hammett and i gotta let the solo go because no one else is gonna notice but me i'm the one obsessing about that two percent so and that that's a good point though jay sorry right yeah. sorry, but uh really quickly that's that's that whole there's people out there and I, I have friends like that where they've they've started a process and almost to have it finished like their version of what perfect is is kind of only for them but the rest of the world that they'll never get to see it will never know how even close to the whole thing was yeah. never mind maybe somebody will watch like hey you know what I could give this guy a hand or or you could reach out to somebody and they might give you know there might be an assistance or a direction where like ah that's that one little thing but but because you never try to finish it because it's now it's, it's like having shoe boxes you just have all these little things put away and you're like yeah. and sadly someday maybe somebody comes across your shoe box collection like man there's all this amazing stuff in there like could you imagine the artists of, of whatever whether it's you know painting sculptures uh poetry writing uh music like sheets of music that are probably stuck in people's basements, houses, closets that have never been played, never yeah. been publicized, but they're there. And 
somebody would find them. Like, wow, like this, like some storage locker thing. Right. And I do mm-hmm. that. I do that on my own as well as a, as a musician when I'm writing songs. Uh, I could be walking down the street uh, to a client meeting, and then a melody just kicks in on my head. So I I get the I get my phone and I just start recording and I hum I hum yeah. the melody. Uh, or once sometimes I'll plug in one of these damn guitars in, and I kind of have a riff idea and I record it, and then eh, not good. So then I have this whole bank of of shoeboxes. That yeah. that maybe I may maybe three years later I'll dip in and go what was I trying to do here and it triggers something another idea that actually becomes a full fledged song, uh, but yeah. yeah, and that's like could you imagine right now if there was some kind of a I don't know shareable archive base where you know whatever your discipline is like for me let's say with with bike parts or something where you know and there are friends I have around the world now that have all these parts and pieces and. Right, right now I've got this Pinarello sitting here. I'm like, okay, I, I need these, this piece and this piece. And so I go in and they're like, oh, well, I was never going to be able to finish this bike, but I have these parts and, oh, you can use them? Well, okay, like I, I'm working on this other bike. Um, and all of a sudden there's this trading. And so now both parties come out further ahead, closer to their final goal. But what if there was, you know, for you, Jay, let's say with music, all these shoe boxes that you're like, oh, you know what? If I could like into that and into this and, and mm-hmm. you know, That'd be wow! I, I never thought if I put that in that thing, and the guy's like, "Oh, I never, never crossed my mind." But yeah, okay, have at her. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. I think yeah. a lot of people people are also scared that they. <laughs> I think a lot of musicians feel. Uh, I'm I'm not going to lie to you. I have not really made much money. All these guitars were bought with my own money, not through paid gigs. Yeah. I believe me, but <laughs> but yeah, if 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 uh, that that sharing would be great because. Honestly, most people aren't going to make money with their music, so why not share it with the world? And if if somebody takes one of my riffs, I, I'll throw my stuff online, and I do. And if somebody yeah. takes one, if not that anyone has, but if they were to, I'd be honored. Like it's not like I'm well, going to get rich yeah. off that riff. Yeah, so. see, there's there's a fun point right now. So again, this learned years ago, and when when I was living in Mexico, but there was a you know the story about the the businessman and the fisherman. No, no. So the the story is well, we'll do a quick version of it, but basically. Um, a, a New York businessman comes down uh, to a coast and he wants to go fishing for the day. So he hires this local fisherman. They take him out on a boat. He has a great time. They catch all this fish, drink some beer, enjoy the sunset. They're back at the back at the beach right now. They're going to do a barbecue, cook up the fish. And uh, while the fisherman's cleaning the fish and getting everything ready for the evening, you know, there we sit around having a beer, talking about the stories and all that. Uh, you know, what a great day. We had so much fun. The view, the sea, like it was, you know, adrenaline, all these fish. And the business guy just goes into his mode of, you know, Hey, you know what? Like, you know, you have a great thing going here. If you if you would just take this, and you know, you you could we could fi- set up a finance program, and we could get you you know three more boats, and then in five years we'd finance again, and we'd get you five boats, and you could have this fleet of boats that would be going out every day, and you'd have you know you could just be managing these captains, and you'd be have people flying in from here and there, and I got people in you know L.A. that would come out and this and that, and he's like, and the fisherman just in there, he's cleaning his fish or whatever and drinking his beer, and he's like, okay, and so the you know the the business guy's all fired up. He's like, well. So what do I, you know, we could do this and this. And then he said, so then you'd have, you could sell it off in about 10 years and you'd have, you'd have millions. And then, and Fishman said, yeah, okay, that's, that's interesting. He said, so, you know, and the business, so, you know, if you had millions, then you could do whatever you wanted to do in their world. Like you, whatever. He's like, Fishman, like, oh, okay. He's like, well, I, I go fishing every day and that's all I want to do. So yeah, kind of went that's full circle. Full circle. There you yeah. go. That's like, well, like, what are you doing it for? If you can, if you can break it down and you enjoy making music, uh, then the money is secondary. 
The money, it's not for the money. And I can tell you that from, not because I have a lot of money by any stretch, but ask anybody that has money or is on the quest to make a lot of money. Ask them what it's for. What are they going to do with it when they have whatever magical number that number is? Nobody knows. Nobody's got a good answer to that. That's why it's entertaining. Because the people that have so much of it give it all away anyways. And <laughs> most of them aren't happy regardless. But yet yeah. I can go to places like when I lived in Bali um, and surf there. And, you know, I, I took a, a – well, he became a friend eventually. But at the time he was a driver for me. Because uh, he was taking me all these little surf breaks, and um, he, you know, he said one night, "Oh, you know, uh, let's go out for seafood." So he would drive me to the restaurant right on the ocean. He said, "Here's the fish market. Here's this, you know, these great restaurants. I'll, I'll get you in." So he gets me into the restaurant. I'm by myself, and he says, "Well, I'll, I'll just be in the van with all the like. There's a parking lot full of drivers sitting in their van waiting for their clients." I said, "Well, I, I'm by myself. No, like, come for dinner." He's like, "No, no, no. Like, we we don't do that." I was like, "Well." I'm not going to eat by myself tonight. There's a beautiful view. There's fish. It's for me, it was inexpensive, you know, exchange rate and all that stuff. It's like, you've been driving me around the week. Like, let's have yep. some company kind of thing. Like, why not? Yep. So he was almost like taken aback. All the other drivers were like, what, what What do you mean? The driver is coming to the restaurant? Like, you, like what about your vehicle? Like, what? no, no, you're supposed to, you're supposed to stay here. And so I said, well, choose whatever, like, do you want, you know, is it mussels? Is it lobster? Is it like, because it was, again, it was like catches of the day. And so we ordered a couple of things. This entire table of food comes. Um, and I was just, whatever, for let's say argument steak, it was $30 for like a table full of fresh seafood. Caught that day. We had, I think, a couple of beers. And, you know, he drove me back uh, to my hotel after. And I was just, you know, it, it's fun to get to know somebody. And yeah. more than, again, when you talk about a book and its chapters, whatever. Well, this guy, what you see on the outside, the image, which goes back to the image game, you know, what do you present yourself as? And yep. being a character in life, you can be whatever you want. So he was a driver, but eventually he invited me back to his house two days later. And I'm like, well, what can I bring? He's like, nothing, nothing. Like he just wanted to host. He just wanted to yep. give you the same, offer the same gratitude back. And so, you know, we sat uh, at it in his house uh, again uh, on these little concrete bricks and he made beautiful, like, fish off this little barbecue taught me how to make this little sambal sauce and with rice and i brought this little mickey whiskey because they don't drink whiskey but you know special occasions so we all poured a little bit and i is he invited his parents over and like having a foreigner to him over was the biggest Which, thing in the world it's um, bringing it well it's bringing it's bringing people together out of genuine it, interest yes there's no expectation that's the what that's what yeah. i'm looking that's why i'm pausing there's no there's no expectation on that group of people when you bring everybody together. And, and there's, and there's, I definitely felt that when I, when I lived in uh, France for those, for those early years. Um, I experienced that again when, when Joe and I, this was later on, but Joe and I um, were in France looking at properties in the, uh, in the Massif Central region um, to purchase. And Sam was, I don't even I think Sam was just about walking and I took him around and we'd found this place in the hills, uh, you know, but like buzzards floating on the thermals, all that kind of stuff. And it was it was lovely. But it was a real old hamlet that we would found to just stay in as the base so we could go out and see all these different areas ar around the massive central. Um, and I was take Sam wasn't he wasn't settling. So I, I was like, OK, so put him into his 
into his chair, pushchair, um, stroller, and just kind of started to walk around. And as I, and I was, we were coming back to the farm that we were staying at. I remember this. It's, I mean, picture this. It, 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 there's an open door. There's a, there's a dude. There's an old, there's an old guy, um, an aged guy, at the table with his arms folded, sat down, and all he had on there was, was a, um, was a loaf of bread. Obviously, you're in France. Loaf of bread, bottle of wine, and I'm not making this up because it's very stereotypical, and a little bit of cheese. And as I walked by, because I'm like, oh, the dude's asleep. The head come up, and he said, hey, what's, how you, how you going? And uh, back in those days, I could uh, speak French a hell of a lot better than I can nowadays. But <laughs> so we had it. We had a conversation, and he, and he was like, the guy had nothing. There was nothing. But the invitation was there. It was like, do you want to, like, do you want to come in? See if we can get the boy to sleep, because obviously Sam heard the conversation, so he immediately wakes up, and I'm like, "Oh man, this is like you're not you're not helping you're not helping, right?" So, so anyway, but that's it. but again, I'll go back to the point. There's there's no expectation, and you've got somebody there that that has nothing that's willing to share everything that made that made that a very impactful. Um, to what I think what you're alluding to there, Curtis makes a very impactful experience, right? Because I'll never, I will never forget that because it's it's uh, it's probably something that we're in a we're in probably a little bit of a part of the world now where everybody thinks you've got to have something to be able to give something. When the reality sure. is, with, where the reality is, is 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 you know is the opposite, like. You, it just well, it's, a, it's see it's funny and jay you could probably speak to this, whether it's music wise or, or otherwise um but the sense of community like as as a musician um mm. you know if it's the the lending the borrowing the the helping the you know a guy breaks a guitar string a guy you know drops something doesn't miss something the his something didn't arrive for the for a show for a gig for whatever there's this whole everybody gets together and that's that's what the sense of the word community is it's kind of again it's a buzzword it's a trending word it's a hashtag it's whatever nowadays and um if you go around the world in whatever circles you're like crouching you'll know this is a cyclist you know you get a flat tire on the road well you run out of tubes somebody else in the you know the decency of the world uh um is well hey here's a tube hey here's a here let me help you fix a flat let's get you to the next town um you know and that's what some people have to you shouldn't have to try that hard it's you know, whether it's ethics or, or morales or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's the decency of being a good person. Mm-hmm. And it's, I've learned this years ago. I've tested the theory uh, and it's proven. I can prove it one way or the other, but karma <laughs> is a thing. Um, <laughs> I've seen both happen. And, but that's, yes. whole, you know, some people say it's, you know, putting it out into the universe and good things come back or, you know, you get what you receive kind of thing or, or whatever it is. Um, I actually usually, usually have the um, elastic band approach where, you know, the far, harder you pull, the harder it comes back also. So but, it's, uh, it's also it's also never a one to one when it comes to karma either. I'm I'm just saying some things have happened lately and I kind of need karma to give something. back. Well, <laughs> but it, yeah, it always does in the end. For but sure. Jay, will, that's, so, yeah. that's crazy because this morning I saw somewhere rolling through the feed world. Um, the The hardships that you've experienced now aren't comparable to the joys that you'll experience coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting because it's that whole, when you're stuck in whatever at the time, you never think of, 
oh wow okay maybe there is you know that silver lining or whatever because that's what you're in uh but all of a sudden when you take a step back and you look at what you're like wow that's that happened that happened and you never know when that little door is going to open or that window or that whatever that opportunity in life Uh, exactly yeah yeah so with it so let's so take i'm going to take us back to yeah you keep us on topic here I yeah. to say, Come so on, Simon. Doing, well we've done a lot of we've said a lot already um <laughs> so in terms of in terms of so episode one that i think the strap line that we used there was was if there's a way to survive then there is a way to thrive um and i do and i do believe that um I guess we're. I guess what we're talking about there is scenarios where that's the truth, right? But I so I want. But I also want to know what your your thoughts are on that first on that first episode. Well, again, this goes back to the why. Uh, you know, to survive, to thrive, like I, and this goes into I can't remember if it was one or two where you talk about. You know, it might lead into a little bit more too, where uh, the age thing becomes a, a concern. But if you're interested and you want, and first off, do you need to do it? Um, there's a, a boxer out of, out of Edmonton, Jelena Morjanovic. Um, and I remember talking with Jelena years back. We were, you know, in similar circles back when I was in Edmonton and it's that, well, she was the champ world champ boxing. And she has a gym called champs right now in Edmonton and go down there. You want a good workout for sure. But if you talk to like, what keeps pushing people to go for, like you're, you are the champ. So you've, you've achieved it. Check. Like it's this whole goal setting thing in life. And yeah. I've gone through it once, probably about a good 13 years or 14 years ago now, where if you make this list and now you've checked off those boxes on that list, when do you ever learn in life that you're supposed to go and make another list? Yeah. Most people just get there. They're like, okay, I'm going for this endless goal, this infinite whatever. Uh, I need success, which is just a broad term that is kind of undefinable because yeah. Um, yeah. it's, it's relative. Um, so, you know, did you accomplish this? Did you like, Jason, did you get that Metallica thing done? Yes. No. Is it online? Check kind of thing. 98%. (laughs) (laughs) So if I say yes, no, then the answer is no. So, okay. That's sitting there, but, and I look at these things and some guys, you know, used to write stuff on mirrors. So every morning you wake up and you look at these sticky notes on mirrors or people have, I have notes and, and just a running list every week, but I'm a very, uh, like task oriented kind of. So it's a check in a box. Like, did I do this? Yes. And I put these things on a list because there's a reason that they get me ahead in life of whatever it is. You know, mm. did I, was I on the spin bike? Did I go for a hike? Did I go for a swim? Was it, did I play some hockey? Did I work on a bike? Did I learn about coffee today? Was I, you know, did I spend an hour reading about wine? Um, you know, like whatever it is. Um, did I do some housework that I was supposed to get done? And that's supposed to get you further ahead. Did I have this conversation? But this checklist thing, you know, and there's five-year goals, two-year goals, 10-year goals. But I feel like as you get – people learn this stuff in, like, high school. Okay, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's still kind of fun because I could ask you both the same thing. So what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't think I've ever this stopped – I don't, I don't think I've ever stopped thinking that. Yeah, I'll and let I, you know when I, I become I'm, an adult. So Good. But that's the fun <laughs> of it because, you know, and I know, Sam, you've talked to this point on the podcast before even about – um you know, this, this continually moving forward and you're never going to retire. And I think the retirement phrase is interesting, especially having lived and experienced parts of the world where 
retirement is a very North American concept. And there's going to be all kinds of people that it's going to shake up their realms of what they've been taught or thought or whatever. But the question always goes back to, so when you retire, what are you going to do at retirement? What, like, what are you saving up? What are you working so hard? What are you trading your life for? What are you going to trade 20 years of your life to get to this point? To do what? What is it that you're trying to get to? Is it to go sit on a beach? Is it to start learning how to paint? Is it, I don't know, um, you're going to become a, a sailor. I'm going to learn how to sail when I get to 60. Like, so then the question I've always had is, why do you have to wait to this time? Is it monetary amount that you have to accrue to, to try to start? Um, and most of the time it isn't. Most of the time, if you get started sooner, you can get into the enjoyment sooner, which then begs the question, if you're desiring that, why wouldn't you want to enjoy it sooner than later? Yep. Like why have to wait? Why put it off? Because what if that day never, sadly, never comes? Well, I think the, the one thing that kind of pops to mind with that is, of course, monetary, monetary issues uh, frequently sure. come up with a lot of people. I mean, sure, it's entered my brain as to why I haven't done something yet. But then there's also the the incorrect assumption, the fallacy that we never have enough time. You always have enough time if you want to. Uh, I yeah, I can't I can't explain it more than that. But I've far yeah. too many people use the, expen uh, the excuse that they don't have time. That's why they haven't done X, Y, or Z. It's not uh, a priority. That's different yeah. than it's not being yeah. time. When, right, yeah. right now, I think I want to know I made time before was <clears throat> people say, you know, how you been? Oh, busy, busy. Well, busy, I think it was about four years ago. This whole, everybody's busy. But busy doing what? And I call it a flaw, call it a strength, whatever you want. But like, I, I've always been a person to question, so like, why? Like, like, ask five times the question why on whatever it is you say. And you'll get to some understanding uh, and direction because there's a lot of fluff out there. Um, and you kind of have to blow the fluff away a little bit to kind of reveal the base of it all. And whether that's the book, the chapter, the onions, whatever. But it's the same concept. Like if it's a priority, like if somebody misses a meeting or they, they forget something, it's just because it wasn't a priority. That's what it is. Yep. If it's a priority to you, and you can make up whatever story, excuse, reason, I, I get it. But um, but just also have the backbone courage, whatever, to say, hey, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't my top priority, or it didn't mean enough. So, but what if that's your life now that you're talking about? That getting to whatever your thing was, and a lot of that is just sacrifice. Are you willing to sacrifice this to get to this? Which goes back to the why. Why do you want this? You want to say that you want this, or do you actually want this? If you really want whatever this is, if Jay, if you want to travel, if you, then you'll give up going to Starbucks or whatever it is, or like you'll. There's a whole economic side that you can then play, and so when it's monetary based, like I learned, this was one of my favorite. Um, Susan Kemp was a professor at University of Alberta. If she's still around, but she was an economics 101 teacher, and it was the the cappuccino effect. My cousin Pete, uh, I learned this years ago when I rode bikes with him in Edmonton. That's the whole concept of, and he's one of the guys that, like, Pete, how do you get your first house? Well, you know, I got an apartment. I didn't get the mansion at the beginning. I got that at the end after I did all these other steps, and I sacrificed this. You know, the the one we used, the, well, the university concept was five bucks a day for a coffee. 25 days a week, you have coffee, that's 25 bucks. In a month, do the math, that's 100 bucks a month. Times 12, that's 1,200 bucks a month. So Jay, right now, if I gave you, a, uh, I wrote you a check for 1200 bucks, 
Why would you spend 1200 bucks on it? Probably wouldn't be going to buy coffee every day. No. I'm also cheap with my coffee. I don't get all those ones with sugar and cream on the top. So like 1200 well, yeah. bucks buys me about three years worth of coffee. So. But, but the university version <laughs> of that was, and this is going back 20 some years now, but for simple math, let's say you go out for wings on Wednesday with your buddies. Okay, wings and beers. Uh, you know, we used to buy pitchers and wings back in the day, leave a tip, call it 50 bucks. Then you go out on a Friday, go out on a Saturday night, by the time you get drinks, dinner, whatever, hundred bucks. So just for simple math, that's those numbers don't exist anymore. But, um, but so let's say that's 250 bucks a week on fairly simple, common entertainment, um, 250 bucks times four is a thousand bucks a month you've spent on fairly non, I don't know, excitable, experiential, just kind of just living. So a thousand times 12. So now Jay, if I give you a check. Here's $12,000 one year. What would you spend $12,000 on? And not one person I've ever asked a question to has ever said, I spend all chicken wings and beer. <laughs> that was going to be my answer, but okay, whatever. No, that's fine. <laughs> I, need, I need a new set of wheels right? for my mountain bike. So that's no, where that yeah, money's going. <laughs> exactly. yeah. But that's the sacrifice. No, if, you will, if you want to get here, like people always think, oh, you're lucky. You get to travel. You're lucky. I'm like, my parents weren't wealthy when I was young. I there was I never won the lottery. I never I don't know I don't made millions of dollars to travel around the world. But what I didn't do was I didn't go out. I didn't spend all that money on you know maybe designer clothes on on eating out all the time. And you know I worked in hospitality. Yes, we socialized. We did a lot of social activities and stuff. And yes, we we go out, and that's just how the industry worked. But it was all the excessive stuff that people. And now, you know, if you're in the finance world, you understand that people want, it's a tap. People's concept of where money goes, how much you actually have and how much you spend, that's where the real conversation should be at. Is And I talked randomly with a guy yesterday at a store just out of the blue, uh, but somehow this conversation came up of, you know, it's not how much you make, it's how much you spend. Because we were, I was looking at, I was there was an archery store, I walked in, I was just intrigued, I was walking by. He was talking about bows and arrows. I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, this is it. He's like, yeah, but it's not about how much you spend or how much you make. It's how much you spend. Because I was like, yeah, funny how that circle, no, no matter what you do in life, yep. you can make a million bucks. But if you spend 1.2, you're still in the hole. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's kind of, go ahead. No, go on. Go on, Jay. <laughs> I, I was just thinking, because it's funny, it kind of works in the opposite direction as well. So what I mean by that is um, I'm a very social creature. And if I were to cut all my friends off just to save some money for some financial goal in the future, it would, uh, my soul would wither and die. Like, so I need the people. And so there's ways you can tweak that as well in the same way. Like, like for example, um, I will go up for wings, but, but not drink. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. But the, I think there's, I, but that's the, that I think that's the point going back to the retirement conversation, which is, which is I've said for, for a number of times now, um, build, build a life. I think what we're broadly talking about here is building a life that you haven't got to retire from. Yes. Because, because I think somewhere along the lines, the word retirement, number one, re retirement scares me because in my head, retirement means you're doing nothing. And I, I'm not, I know that I'm not good at doing nothing. Um, and I know that, you know, there's, there's a commercial out there at the minute that, that just drives me insane. But one of the, one of the lines is even if you've worked hard and earned your, and, and saved over a million dollars and I'm like, 
who the hell in the world has kind of has, has sat on a million books? And if you have sat on a million books or are sat on a million books, what like what have you missed? Like what have you what have you said no to? And that was the scary bit. That's when where I kind of get into my own head a little bit and said, well, what have you, why have you said no to buying something that you've always wanted and you and you're able to afford it so that you you know your finances are are still intact and you're still good um or you haven't gone to that place and experienced the the experience or felt your feels in that environment because you've always wanted to do it just so you can get this this kind of superfluous box of money because it's kind of like well when i get to 60 something then then i'm done and it's like well you can do that and this is the world of simon right which we all of us on this call know is is sometimes a little bit you know the world of Simon takes a bit of understanding sometimes, but but it's kind of like, well, if you if you have health and you're blessed with health, just work on something that you where you can always do income and then you're not relying on like the stuff that you're squirreling away. So how how many days does it take for you to uh start a new habit? Either break an old habit or start a new habit. Oh, there's a number there, isn't there? I've heard yes, there is. It's three yeah. three weeks, isn't it? Three weeks. Days, yeah. Yeah. So so, Jay, that's where the fun of it becomes is if you want something bad enough, you start doing it and it, and it becomes routine. See, now, mm -hmm. if you say that monetary wise, you have to make this much money to go and travel. Mm -hmm. Well, what happens is on the process, on the steps to getting to this number, whatever that number is, or buy a house or buy a car or go to Hawaii or whatever the thing is that, that your, your pedestal is, um, in the process of getting to that, if you aren't preparing, it's kind of like if you're trying to go to Everest, but you're not doing any other hiking or climbing. Yeah. Just because now the date and the it's come that you're going to Everest, you've done no preparation to actually enjoy once you get there. And you've designed all these other habits on getting there, but not to actually, you know, you can you can do all these things, but now when you're retired or of retirement age or with money to do whatever your activity is. It is, there is no, there's no understanding. There's no ability to do it because you've spent your life doing something completely different. So yep. now the, the sad part is, and I hate to break this or burst the bubble, but most of the time, and I tell you this because I've worked in hospitality and tourism, I've done it in other spots around the world, is that when you saved up all this money and now you come to whatever this tropical place is and you're like, wow, this is what this is. And now you got to sit on a tour bus and now you're doing all these things and <laughs> you're, you're not, you're, you, you're, you don't have the health because you've never taken the time to invest in that health or to get into cycling or like whatever it is to, to enjoy this. Like, you know, if you're like, Oh, I want to go see, you know, the Louvre in, in Paris, but you've, you've never read books about the art and the history. And so you get there and you're just like, huh, big building. All right. And yeah. you tell your friends in cause you've built it up in your head so long that it's supposed yeah. to be this grandeur thing or yeah. what, the Eiffel Tower. It doesn't matter, whatever the thing is. But you're like, oh, and now you can't enjoy it. Or now it's just like, huh, well, you've spent yeah. so much time getting ready that your enjoyment is just like, well, all right, I guess. Yeah. I guess it's uh, what I traded years of my life for was this, huh. Yeah. Apparently, it's a real thing. I only, and it's funny you brought that up because I just heard this yesterday uh, the Paris effect. Uh, uh, the Paris the, effect. The, the Paris effect. Of, uh, okay, look. Let me look it up first, so I don't like. Yeah, hold on. Uh, the rough idea 
the Paris effect. It's, it sounds like something that I avoid. I.e., yeah. if, if tourists are going that way, then I'm going that way. Yeah, right. So it has nothing to do with Paris Hilton. Um, so, oh, the uh, it's a sense of extreme disappointment exhibited by some individuals when visiting Paris who feel that the city was not what they had expected. Uh, that happens in Calgary all the time. Yeah. All yeah, the time. And I'd say yeah. and my parents used to, to well, parents-in-laws kind of used to say that. Um, and they were, they were kind of, hmm, Calgary's an interesting place. I'm like, Calgary, this is how I sum Calgary up. Calgary doesn't come to you. You've got to go to Calgary. And I think that's the same for where Curtis lives. Um in Summerland, it's the same for every place that you go to. If yeah. you're not going to go and like pretty much immerse yourself in culture, the energy levels within a certain city, then you're never going to get the city or the place that you're at. Right. And you know what? And it's the, it's funny because you say that because, yeah, when people come to Calgary, they uh, may expect the stampede. But yep. if they come any other time of the week, uh, the year, it's like, well, where are all the cowboys? The other fifty-one weeks of the year, and oh, we—they're all at ranchments, and we don't really. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, where are the cowboys? They're out yeah, in the foothills, the like freezing yeah. their tail off, like yeah. well, doing. Just yeah. speak to that point, though. I, I have a, a buddy. Um, he's an Aussie guy that I met on a flight in South Africa. We were going from Johannesburg to Cape Town, and this guy Eddie. We started chatting, and we got to know each other. He worked in the. Uh, Basically, they do the television for uh, a lot of the cricket and rugby matches. And very interesting guy. We became friends, and I visited him in Australia one time. And he said it was this weird thing where the, his company got called to uh, to come in to uh, California for baseball because they wanted to use the same hotspot technology that they use in cricket uh, for baseball to see whether there was you know contact on a bat with a ball made or not kind of thing. And it's all based on heat. Um, so very interesting. And I was like, okay. And he said, and he's Australian and. You know, like being having been to Australia multiple times, people are usually very outdoorsy, very fit. Uh, you know, bikinis and and I guess just board shorts is a very common attire. You know, that's Some the world and all that, and you know, bronze bodies and all that. And he said, "Oh, you know, we're gonna we're going to California." He's all excited. He's like, "Okay, we're gonna get there." All these beautiful people exist, and, and like this is what you see the magazine. And, the, and he's like, "So he gets there, and he's like, what?" Like disappointed, like what? Where is all this Hollywood glamour? All these beautiful people, all this you know bronze, olive skin, and and you know the blonde hair flowing, and like the sea breeze, and like the convertibles, and the music, and like like oh Hollywood Boulevard, yeah, that's over there if you want, but yeah. but that's like this. It's like this yeah. much of the entire thing that you experience. But but there's dream was like we're going to, and that's the beauty of marketing mm -hmm. is you know. Right. There's this facade, this image, this fantasy that is sometimes embellished even more in your head. And this is the whole going back to you have to put it, you know, come fly there, experience it, try it, taste it, touch it, see it, talk it, uh, whatever. But then you will leave with some actual experience of whatever that place was. So a city is a city. But if you like, Jay, if I put you on a, a world ticket right now, I said you get six stops around the world. Uh, choose whatever cities, but let's say it's music based for purposes of, and so choose those six cities and the cities are going to be the cities, but you're going to go to those cities specifically for these little nuggets of, you know, musical history. Maybe somebody played there. Maybe there's a, a show going on. There's somebody that inspires you that you look up to that you can learn from. Maybe it's, you know, a li lifelong dream, whatever it is. Um, but again, the, the point is that it doesn't matter what the thing is. 
It's like if you're into gardening, there's beautiful gardens around the world. So take the time, go during the season, and go and experience it. Enjoy it. That To me, that's maximizing. It's not the monetary value to do it. It's once you're there uh, for that little nugget of a year, that little pocket of time. Mm. Take it all in. Cycling, cycling is no different, Crouchy, but yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm just thinking, what a, what a question. Six cities. So I'm going to let's, – let's put Jace under a bit of pressure here then. So six cities, go. Oh my goodness! Well, musically, I guess specifically. Um, well, no, if you have to go, you can choose for. I'm just choosing oh, music. That's an easy yeah, direction. Just, 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 uh, oh, six cities. All right, so uh, definitely London, uh, Edinburgh, uh, Cologne, Ooh. Paris. What the heck? <laughs> right, I tend to be very European, Europe based. Uh, but in the states, uh, Boston. Five. Uh, one more. Oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> let's think about this Tokyo. There it is. There you go. There's your six. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, so you've already right. got your hit list. That's cool. I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that is cool. Hey, so the next step is now we just get a travel guy involved in this or an airline that says, "Hey, Jay, we're going to grant you this wish. Uh, your your plane leaves on Sunday. You have one week from today, and you go, and you go, and you experience all of this." Perfect. The possibility of pulling that off is actually a lot simpler than most people think it is. Correct. We Fair could enough. do that. We could do that as an episode of the chat with the yes man. There we go. <laughs> Jason travels the world. But <laughs> <laughs> you get a you get a like a one week or whatever it is, or like you get you whatever time frame it takes to go and enjoy this thing, whatever it is. Maybe it's a three week trip or a five week trip or whatever it is, and then all right. There, bucket like it's like people do this bucket list item thing or whatever. It's the same thing, but you yeah. better kind of you gotta when you empty the bucket, you gotta keep filling the bucket. Otherwise, you yes. end up with an empty bucket at the end. Um, well, I, I think got over, like, I think what else? Where else? Like, I I can tell you from personal experience, there was a chapter in life where um I wanted to surf. I wanted to surf every day. I got the surf bug. Uh, I, you know, I went to South America. I want to learn how to shape surfboards. I did shape surfboards when I lived in Bali. Um, and I shaped 40 boards under this Aussie guy and I had a house there. Well, I still, I guess, kind of technically have a house there. Um, and that was the whole, you know, that was a dream and great. And I lived it and I enjoyed it. And then you learn things and life changes. And then now is more cycling. And the goal was wherever I went, then it was like, well, can I ride my bike here? Can I get, find a shop? Well, what about this team? What about this? You know, and, and then it was the same thing for in the alcohol world where where the cocktails come from or, or this. And now with coffee, it's the same. Like it's, it's just this intrigue, this interest to experience then to take that, those experiences and bring it back to wherever you are and share those and kind of bring more to somebody else's world. Yeah. Well, and we're, I mean, I was just about to say, I think we've talked about everything. I think we've pretty much, we've done a good job of, of bringing everything that we've ever talked about on these episodes and like we've talked about passion, we've talked about retirement, we've talked about age, kind of it, as pertains it to how it how it motivates um, us. It's, be the big keep, well, relationships, keeping yourself relevant. I think we've done that a lot. But I think that everything that we've talked about, the biggest thing is 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 relationships because we wouldn't have been able to like this doesn't work what we're doing now. This doesn't work without the relationship between the three of us. Um, and everything that we've done across the countries um, and the places that we've visited doesn't that doesn't work without relationships because at some point at a very basic level it it's it's 
again remembering my time when I left so I, I left sounds dramatic but anyway I left the UK as 18 years old right so 18 years old packed everything that I owned into a into a kit bag got my bikes and just and went got on a ferry and went across to a strange place strange family or not shouldn't say strange I knew them but I haven't been there could not, not familiar not yet yeah it wasn't familiar the language wasn't familiar and all of that kind of stuff now was I scared no not really um because I was going there my purpose was to ride to ride bikes right and that and that's what I was that's what I was focused on that's what was getting me up at six o'clock um every day since the age of uh, age of 13 so but it, so it, it took relationships for me to be able to get to, for that experience to really to really hit home right and and I'm remembering I don't know why but so there's this thing in in the training Jace that to get to do speed training you literally you train behind a moped and it's called a derny and there's like mud guards that go around the back wheel and all of this kind of stuff and the team boss who also owned a bar um was like okay then we'll come come to the bar and I'll get Michelle to take you out for a, for a few hours behind the behind the derny um and Roger and I always we got on well but Michelle had never he didn't know me um and at the time there was always this this um rub with foreign riders um so he didn't really talk to me much but I know that I, one of the conversations was what's the top speed of the derny and I knew there was a finish line coming back into the village which is Millizac so I'm like what where's the where's the finish line I knew where the finish line was and I said what's the top speed on on the derny and he was like well, 60 kilometers an hour and he kind of looked at me as if to say you're not gonna you won't out sprint this <laughs> and then and Roger Roger was there and he, he kind of said look he said Michelle loves it when when at the end of the ride he can see rub marks so the front wheel of mine um my front wheel rubbing the mudguard because he likes people to get really um get in there and i was a track rider so i was used to like millimeters between the wheels and banging a bit of elbows and stuff like that so at the end of this ride he gets off looks at looks at the mud gardens to see all of these fresh rub marks that i put in there because i'm like okay whatever man and we're just sit sitting there suppressing at super high speeds and yes i did out sprint the journey coming back into the village i was waiting for that i'm like that better be the climax part of that story huh <laughs> yeah it was it was kind of like and and then after that and i'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm giving this as an example of a a tough introduction to a to a relationship after that michelle michelle and i were were like we were we were best buds right from that thing but it was almost like okay then I've seen this a million times. You've got to prove yourself for for these types of things, and then after that, we'll be good. And then every every Tuesday and every Thursday, it, well, this was the days before, like texting and stuff like that. But every day, I never missed a Tuesday or a Thursday where we didn't go out and do eighty something kilometers behind the journey. And Michelle would uh, he he'd do some like different things, and the other stuff as well was it, it was cap was on back to front so it was it was back to front it'd still be it'd still be having it'd still be smoking a tab while we're going along you know it's just it's just, yeah, it's, just yeah. the, it's the romanticizing of that of all of that kind of stuff so we've touched on relationships the power of relationships where again what i'm getting to is that you've got two people there that have nothing 
like we've got nothing to give each other other than each other if that makes sense well um, I think really quick that the whole relationship talk though it's it's interesting because you've talked with personal relationships on the podcast and there's work relationships and then there's um let's say like you know whether it's hobby whether it's musician or sport or whatever it is so there's different like people have different relationships for different purposes and sometimes they cross over like sometimes it's work and personal or sometimes but there's sometimes i think people overcomplicate it you know like your workmates and we're trying to get to this common point and you know we're working on like here's your strengths here's my strengths and maybe outside of work that stuff doesn't work the same but to get to this one goal and it's sometimes it's it's like being a character um you know like like if i if i showed up today and i had my cycling hat on and a jersey well the perception right off the bat is a different story but if i showed up with that tuxedo uh you also have a different initial <laughs> different well, persona. Well, you, or if I grew up with a hoodie and a flat brim cap on, that initial interaction, that relationship is going to go different directions based on, you know, you, you're trying to judge, well, okay, which topic, what's common here? What do we have in, like, what's the direction? Because if I dress as a surfer or a snowboard guy, or I dress as a bartender, or I, like, everybody's got different hats they wear, literally. So, well, you know, yeah. if I dress as a cyclist, well, then this is the direction, and this is kind of the expectation, and that's also... The, the respect that you're expecting people to give you is based on these parameters. You know, if Jesus walk around a bar, he's got a guitar still, or he's got a strap, or he's got a pick, or he's got like, there's a musician side to him, um, which is a different world than if he's wearing, you know, a, a collared shirt, like he just came from a, an executive meeting of some kind. Like there's, everybody has different hats. And it's like, I think it was the last episode where you're talking about like your weekend wear. Yes. Yeah. Well, what you wear to bed and what you wear you know, in a boardroom, hopefully you're different nowadays because your expectation at those times of day or <laughs> yes. of your life are a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, what the, but there's something that just popped into my head then when, when we were talking about that, especially on the relationship piece, um, because I, I know we talked a, a bit about that, but it, it, it it's my interpretation of relationship is that I know that I've brought 100% of me to this to what we're doing now, and I and and whether it's business or whether it's not business, then 100% of me is walking into that into that room. There are times when it's tough for everybody, not just not just me, to take 100% of yourself into into that room. Um, and I think that's what the that's kind of the foundation because what I'm talking about there is is the trust between just the basic trust. Um, between self and the people that you're sitting to get that you're sitting down with right well, and being I able to do that also, there's also a professionalism or or an expectation as a professional of whatever uh direction you are that and it's not that people don't can't have emotions or whatever but i, I remember this in the in the service industry was you know people i remember one one server at the time i was a, a general manager and she came in and her dog had died and it was a full room, everybody's, and so, and she's crying and this, and we're, we, you know, we pull her off this, like, hey, what, I, I understand what happened. And there's, there, there's kind of two directions right now. Either, either we, we can't, we can't work tonight um, based on this, or can you become a character, you know, not to, yes. not to dismiss it. It's just to kind of put yourself just, in character. And then we can go back to to this and address and let's sit down after we're after the shift is done. And here, 
I'll buy you a cocktail, I'll buy you a beer and whatever, you know, talk about memories and, and, and the dog and all this stuff. But, but can we, can we just, and it's a mental game. It's a, it's a team game. And when people know, I guess that you're, they, you've got their back no matter what, then yes. there's this whole, yeah, okay, let's, let's get this done. And then we can go back to this. It's not to bury it and, and you never talk about it. You just put it away and, and go deal with it on your own. Um, it's more so, you know, you, here's the expectation that you're going to serve a table, that there's this polite, uh, in, educational, uh, entertaining, you know, smiling, bright, cheery-eyed person that's going to, people have saved up their money to come tonight to, to enjoy this. And so can you get into that? Um, yeah. And that's a, that's a relationship thing too. Like it's, um, it's interesting, but. It's a lot. How are we doing, how are we doing with, everything, with, the, with the dynamics, Jace? It's good. Yeah, it's fantastic. And we're at the hour and 13 minute mark, just to, just to warn you. Are we? Well. Yeah, yeah. How much preamble did we have? About 10 minutes? Probably about 10 minutes. So I'd say we're at, we're at probably an hour and five right now overall. So just, just letting you know. Well, no, <laughs> I can cut I, the side I, part out, but yeah. Well, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of thinking we need a bit of a, I mean, we need a bit of a, as you, as we're, we're demonstrating here, this is, this is typically the way that a conversation that Simon and Curtis go, right? It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. we just kind Another of Another two it, hours? But... Jesus, guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But, the, but there's so, there's, and again, I hope we've, we've talked about this enough before, is it's the way that, it's the, we're talking about the way we support each other. We're talking about the way that we, that we motivate each other. We're talking, it, it, it's all of that stuff. It still comes back to trust Um. And and just a genuine um, kind of desire to to help each other out. So I think for the final the final question that I wanted to ask um, you, Curtis, was the um, tell us about tell us about bring us up to speed with Pink Weasel and Spandex Panda because I, I I know a little bit of that, which is sure. so riding so, a bike through adventure. But yeah, go tell us about Pink Weasel. Okay, yeah, let's. So the panda was it's a whole story. It started out. Actually, in Calgary, regarding a bike shop, a mascot, it went from mascot to freelance mascot. Then it went into, well, uh, I want a piece of a pie of something myself. And I was working around uh, wine and hospitality as well as a bike shop. And so finding clothing that made sense to be able to do both at the same time. Uh, classic Merino, uh, old school jerseys were very clean, very simple, kind of a, you know, a, a, a one third zippered up uh, knitted sweater kind of thing, which you could hop on a bike right across town. Put on a pair of pants and all of a sudden i could pour wine whiskey whatever tell stories host whatever it was and that was where the oh well maybe there's a clothing line associated with this and then it it snowballs into basically okay well i live in asia already so maybe do i want to get it produced in asia well what kind of clothing because then you got to start nailing it all down well is it just racing wear well no i want to be able to do this for myself so then there's people that want to also you know travel lifestyle uh enjoyment and then well merino was a, a material that they used to use for cycling well merino in new zealand was an option but all the origins uh go back to europe so whether it's spain or italy or france or, or england uh these are all you know areas of production italy sank in based i think more on the culture and the social side of it that i love contact some suppliers spend a bunch of money and uh let's try to create uh you know a little clothing line that is premium that's boutique that's high-end that uh um that you would save up for and enjoy and would last for more than Long you know time. 10 washes uh yeah. kind of thing and <laughs> but also for me it was the it was the dress code and 
having worked at a martini bar as one of my first hospitality gigs, uh, the dress code was actually very important. We actually had a dress code at the martini bar where if you didn't meet the dress code for the night, we would uh, kindly suggest other locations on White Ave that might be a better fit for you. Um, and the reason was, and Casey was one of the guys, um, a part of it at the time, he was got me in with the Hudson's crowd, Hudson's Canadian Tap House. Uh, he's, I, I don't know if he's still a part of that, but uh, he was in Cologne right now, Greta Bar. Uh, I know um, that's his, his big baby right now. They're launching in Toronto and all that. But, um, but there's one in, in Calgary. And I remember it was the same thing at Hudson's. Uh, I came on to work with uh, the crew in, in down south in, um, in Calgary. And it was all about you wanted a crowd to come in that respected the atmosphere, their surroundings. And so when you get dressed up for a night, you're a character. You wear a flat brim cap, you wear a hoodie, you wear whatever you wear. I don't care. Back then, Ed Hardy, gold chains, bedazzled this. Great. Um, but you also then adopt a certain attitude. And when you are in whatever character you are in, you're trying to personify this image. And it's very hard to sometimes break that character, especially when you add alcohol or other substances in a, a social nightclub uh, pub bar setting. And so that was one of the prerequisites was Hudson's at the time. Uh, we sat at the door and I, I, I would work the door, uh, not because I was a fighter, a big guy or intimidating. It was more so to control the clientele image and that people were of similarity, um, uh, clothing wardrobe wise, dress code wise. Yep. And, and that way there was minimal amounts of fighting, uh, disruptive behavior, whatever you want to call well, it. Everybody's coming in to have a good time and, and, and a, but, but and an within parameters that we could manage and keep everybody's safety also. That yeah. was the biggest thing. Um, because everybody's version of a good time is a little different sometimes. Yes. Um, but that's where the whole dress code kind of, uh, kind of began. And that's where the panda and the clothing. And so when I've traveled the world, there's kind of an international standard of expectations of self-respect, but also, uh, respectfulness when you go to, uh, you know, when you walk into a place and you sit down. And so that's where the clothing yep. went was if I'm going to travel, I want to travel with carry on. I want to ride my bike. I want to enjoy uh, whether it's a museum, uh, local artifacts, uh, architecture, it doesn't matter. Uh, markets, yep. uh, restaurants, yada, yada, yada. But, but to be able to travel and have clothing that was appropriate and still functional at the same time. So that was the Panda. Uh, we're, Kind of divulging now into more of a travel direction going forward but the weasel yeah. honestly the the whole direction with uh, with coffee so we've got a, a roaster um a great little guy named uh, ricardo comadreja is the official roaster now uh for pink weasel uh you'll see an invitation soon uh, you'll get a, a chance to meet ricardo um but uh, a, a great guy that the concept is we want to bring coffee coffee's international uh there's a thousand ways to drink it if I talk to both of you, you'll no matter you'll both say yes, we drink coffee. How you drink it, what you drink, wh how often you enjoy it, will all be different. And I've sat in rooms daily with people. I can ask everybody. I had a coffee with five different gentlemen yesterday morning. They all drink it differently. All some are drip coffee, some are espresso machines, some are pour over, some are French press. Some have it five times a day. Some only have it for breakfast. Some are cappuccino. Some are hazelnut sweetener, creamer, this that macchiato, bedazzled sprinkles um <laughs> but like what, so the goal is um, i'll ask you for that next time i'm at starbucks i'll have a bedazzled uh 
Caramel Macchiato, please. David, if you ever go to Starbucks, is ask for a mocha, uh, orange mocha frappuccino. There's a little movie reference there. It's a little Zoolander thing. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. It's like, I know that's from somewhere. I can't help it if I'm really, 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 really good looking. That's kind of the tagline of the coffee. Really, really ridiculously good coffee. Yeah, I love it. That's funny. I asked a girl one time, she's like, ooh, we don't have orange. We have dragon fruit. We have passion fruit. But we don't have orange flavor, though. I'm like, the rest of it you can do. But the orange part is throwing you off right now, eh? Huh. That's hilarious. But that's yeah, right. that is funny. I love it. That but is the funny. Goal of coffee is, uh, yeah, it's it's international. It's a chance to tell stories. Um, it's uh, it's a food product, uh, which means that uh, you know it gives us some, I guess, ability to continue to produce no matter what's going on in the world. Uh, unlike grapes and making wine, where you have to be in an area to make wine. Like I can't bring, I can't live in the Okanagan and bring grapes from France and make a French wine in the Okanagan. I can grow grapes from France, but they have to be grown in the Okanagan and, and all this. Whereas coffee, if you like coffee from Colombia, from Brazil, from uh, Ethiopia, from Guatemala, from Nicaragua, from Mexico, it doesn't matter where. Uh, okay, I can bring it here and I can roast it and we can find out what what is it that you like. And flavor profiles, the beauty is that nobody's ever wrong with coffee. There's not a wrong way to drink it um it's a preferential thing if you enjoy it then let's find this little nugget uh, or face profile and off you go there and is a wrong way and instant coffee sorry i'm just saying <laughs> there yes. is one wrong way everything else is fine but but, no. but it's funny because you say that but, but now there are guys uh there are there are craft roasters that are taking mm. their craft small batch of fresh coffee and turning it into an instant packet so that uh, the adventurers, the, the adventure racers, the mountaineers, the bike packers, uh, the campers can still enjoy a good coffee with simply hot water at whatever their location is right. in the world. You know, uh, yeah, I, I'm joking around. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, we all have our, our, our experiences with things like Nescafe and, and it's, it's uh, instant stuff. But yeah, I mean, when Starbucks started entering the market with some of its instant coffee, it was bloody good. So yeah, I mean, 100%. Well, and, and I think the coffee world, it, it's interesting because it's... It's a warming effect. There's a comfort level to coffee, uh, you know, on a cold day, um, whether, you know, it's that people are into iced coffees. There's, and the, the varieties of how people enjoy it around the world, like in, in Italy, uh, enjoying like a shakarato, which is basically an espresso shot with, with ice um, and shaken with a little bit of syrup and that's it. And there's this creamy little foam head on top that occurs and, and that's a way to enjoy it. You know, Turkish coffee is a different style. Um, you know, Colombian coffee, it, it, like there's, there's not a bad way to have it is, is, do you know what you like? And can we, can we find that? And like, I've, you know, um, Ali Jackson cycling, uh, extraordinaire, uh, Alberta girl. Um, you know, we, I sent her some coffee for some fun and, uh, yes. and it's, it's fun to find out also what do you like? And so she's in Spain training and stuff right now. And she's a very like fruity floral coffees, which is great. So now. All right, let's let's find let's roast some and let's get into that. So when we talk about chow with the yes men blend, we're gonna yeah. find out what's the blend, the that, blend you have. that you guys love to enjoy. And right. what's, what's right. that go to that that you know, is it a dark, is it a medium, is it a light? Um, how coarse do you grind it? We want a little bit more of this, a little bit of that. Um, you know, do you put Baileys in it every podcast? Do you put something else? You put something from Eau Claire distillery in it? I don't know, I'm just throwing out right. some, some local <laughs> establishments. I think 
I think Curtis, uh, I've really, I've really enjoyed this. Um, yes. Stick around. Agreed. Stick around when. Um, yeah, stick around after Jason uh, takes the record button off. Sure. But um, I've, <laughs> I've, uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed. Agreed. Um, we'll get you back chat. on again, Curtis. To... Absolutely. We've got, we've got too, much, we've got too much stuff to talk about, right? So. <laughs> Well, yeah, this was the book version. We'll do a book of this eventually, right? Or, yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> we got a we got a book in there somewhere. Jess, it's been a blast. Much appreciated. Thank you very much. Uh, keep doing the good, keep doing the good work. Thanks, Curtis. And Thank I'll, you, Curtis. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Again, everyone, thanks for listening. That was episode five of uh, Chat with the Yes Men. I uh, would like to thank our sponsors uh, again: Tanakra Bellcat. Pink Weasel Coffee and Spandex Panda. Thank Spandex Panda. Thank you very much, Curtis. Uh, and of course, uh, I can speak. Uh, if Team you want to continue, Team of yeah. Solutions. That's right. Team of Solutions. Thank you very much for allowing right. us to do it. Exactly. And go to chatwiththeesmen.com because we have everything there. But you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, uh, on YouTube, where you can watch us, or you can listen to us on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Podbean. And again, thank you for. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Curtis Latoon, for for uh, being our very first guest. Uh, <laughs> it's I'm an Jason honor. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. I'm Jason Wiles, and I'm Simon Krebs. Thank you for listening. That's chat with the S Men. Be kind to each other. Bye.